Yeah, awesome. So we are so thankful to be here on this lovely morning right before Christmas Eve and Christmas Day come, and we all know uh, what a glorious day that is. Uh, we'd like to thank everybody for tuning in to the Faith in the Fast Life podcast. Today I got Evan Kuzava and Rob Reyes with me. We're doing something a little bit different today, guys. It's uh, unscripted as always, as, as every one of our uh, podcasts is. No script going on here, just uh, three guys sitting in a room and we're going to talk about feelings today and uh, what that looks like. What it, feelings. What, yeah, right. And Nothing Rob's going to sing us a song. Feelings. It's uh, <laughs> something that obviously I come from an addiction past. Um, Rob comes from addiction. Uh, Evan comes from a fatherless uh, household, right? Didn't didn't grow up with the, with the dad, which uh, Rob, you were kind of that same boat, right? Well, my dad was involved. Um, he passed away. I was fairly late in life, but he was there. They, my parents divorced, and then about high school, they—that's when all my okay troubles start happening. Right. So, and uh, you guys can go back. Both uh, <clears throat> Rob's story, uh, I believe, is the thirteenth episode, if I believe right. Um, it is. And then uh, Evans is on here as well. So we've, both these guys have been uh, guests on the show, and we're coming together to just talk about feelings and, and men and what that looks like. So let's just dive in, guys. What do you think, Evan? This is kind of uh, your brainchild of something that we uh, wanted to talk about, something different that we know everybody's struggling with. Um, yeah, that, that's something that, that I think in culture – uh, things are shifting more and more towards men expressing how they feel. You know, we talked a little bit about the pride movement and stuff like that, where it's swaying completely to the other end of the spectrum. But probably in more of our our lives, there's a lot of uh, previous generations where men either stuff all their feelings and you you don't see any emotion. Dad's not saying I love you to their kids, that kind of stuff. Or you have like explosive dad, where the only time you do see his emotions, they're like expressed like the, the Hulk. Worst. Yep. Yep. I was, uh, I would say that I grew up in a, a good family. My parents are still married. Great, great people. Um, I call my family a sweep it under the rug family. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, it was, uh, oh, this is always like this, this time of year, like just tuck it under there and put it away. It'll get better later. So that's, that's what I did. And, mm-hmm. uh, it turns out, um, I'm an extremely emotional man. Like, uh, you know, maybe a rough exterior, but I would, uh, what, what I used to call myself, I'd call myself an M and M. I have the hard candy shell, but, uh, I'm, I'm sweet chocolate inside. <laughs> I didn't you can get through I'm, the shell. Yeah. If you can get through the hard shell, but it, it's a, a bunch of mush in there. And, and that's ultimately what led to my addiction. I can attribute a lot of that was I never, I never talked about how I felt about things. Right. So mm-hmm. definitely swept under the rug, stuff it deep down and then I'd escape it in other ways. How about you, Rob? Yeah, I think that's, um, for me, as you're sitting here talking, I'm just thinking about at an early age, I was taught just to uh, suppress everything I was feeling. I think, you know, when you talked about that topic, feelings for me can either be distractions or they can be motivations. Um, I'm a highly emotional person and, um, so I can get caught up in, in either one of those at any, like in the same sentence almost. It seems like it can be a motivation or it can be a complete distraction. It can take me down a road that I don't want to go down or it can motivate me like, say, fear. Fear can motivate us to do things far beyond ourselves, to transcend beyond ourselves. 
or it can cause us to just freeze. I watched a, a documentary the other day about putting people in real life situations, and it was this um, a test where people were on a train track, and there was either one person or there was four people, and <laughs> the test was, would you line the train up to the one person or the other person, like putting them in like a real life situation. Like, you know, you always say, oh yeah, I'd be able to step up and save somebody if uh, there was a shooter in the building. But then when it actually happens, you, you freeze. And so putting people in real life situations, like I say, with fear, you can either use it as a motivation or it can just completely cause you to freeze. And emotions have done that in my own life. Man, they've, they've caused me to do stuff and act in ways that are favorable and unfavorable. And I've also, you know, you've, you've gone a little too far where you've spoke too much on the feeling <laughs> or you haven't spoke enough. I don't know if that makes any sense, but. Well, I mean, I think, I think if uh, what you're saying to somebody else regarding your feeling could offend them, you know, like it's uh I guess that, that one kind of goes back to, in that sense, it kind of goes back to the expectations, right? Like expectations on people are premeditated resentments. Mm -hmm. So like if you put an expectation on a person, right, and you expect a certain situation to go that way and it doesn't, you basically created the feeling for yourself. Mm -hmm. And therefore, if you share that, they're like, wait, what? I didn't do that to you. Like that, that wasn't, that wasn't me, right? But the other crazy thing about feelings is that there are feelings. Yeah, but there what are. guy wants to talk about that, though? <laughs> like, what dude That's wants true. to say, oh, bro, you just hurt my feelings. No, I'll just either sock you in the throat or <laughs> <laughs> or some other means. Yeah. True, guys just don't want to do that. Guys don't want to sit around and, like, buddy up and talk about feelings. Which is exactly why we're doing this podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. Because nobody wants to do this. And right? it's uncomfortable. No, nobody wants to talk about their feelings or how something makes them feel. <laughs> and the thing I think what I'm getting at with part of that is that our feelings are our feelings. You know, I can remember a time as I was coming through a, a rehab and uh, was having a, a discussion with uh, with my parents um, in a in a counseling session in rehab um, and I remember the counselor saying that, you know, I would say, well, this made me feel like this. And I felt like this when I was younger and this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm pouring all my feelings out and my parents are sitting there going, well, we didn't make you feel that way. Mm -hmm. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't mean to do that to you. We didn't. And they didn't make me feel that way. I made myself feel that way. Right. Like whether nobody intends to do that necessarily. I mean, I guess there's malicious stuff that people do to, to abuse to, or manipulate or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah right. The, the, I mean, that can happen, but for the most part, our feelings are our feelings and we have to let others, we have to allow others to have their feelings, whether we agree with them or not. Yeah. I saw this, I saw this discussion on the difference between sympathy and empathy. Sympathy is like, I need, I need to recognize where somebody is really at with their perception and their feelings. Like I need to acknowledge that that is the true reality that they, the lens they're seeing the world from, Sympathy says, I recognize that. I feel for you. I'm going to uh, take one step down into that pit that you feel like you're in, and I'm going to reach an arm in and, you know, grab your hand and say, I feel for you. Now let's, let's figure out how can we help you out of there. 
And empathy is like this demanding that other people climb into the pit and sulk with us and stay there and have to feel everything the exact same way that we feel. And empathy is this. Um, in that discussion, I saw the pastor was saying that it's a empathy is specifically more sinful because you're you're demanding that everybody do exactly as as you are feeling versus recognizing people have these different places they're coming from. So sympathy is a better balance of I see your pain, I I understand and recognize what you've communicated to me, but it doesn't say I'm just going to sit in there with you and we're going to both sulk to death. Right, but empathy does. Empathy it, demands that other people come that deep into my stuff and have to see it my way, which is like asking somebody to not be themselves. Like, right. you know, I'm feeling this, you better feel it too, or else it's, you know, you're not valuable or whatever. Yeah, they say an empathetic person actually feels other people's emotions anyway, right? Yeah, so that that was the discussion that I saw framed, showing me a little bit of the difference between those. Not saying that empathy is always horrible, but more so that there's there's probably a, a helpful way to sympathize with somebody without joining them and you know leaving the realities of the world out of the picture. Because sometimes people are so deep in their depression or their feelings that they're like, nobody gets me. Nobody's walk- who hasn't walked in these exact shoes can understand what I've gone through. And God made the world with his laws and his rules around it. So it's like he knows that we're all going to fall somewhere on the spectrum of our feelings, but that doesn't make it okay to just stay, let's say, in a self-centered or depressive or whatever state of feeling, vengeful or angry or victimized. Like if we just stay there and demand that other people join us there, you know, we basically are ignoring the realities of the world that's continuing to move around us, and we're demanding that everybody else sit there with me forever. Which is kind of where our world's moving with feelings right now, isn't it? Yeah, like cancel culture. and Yeah, right? Like, this made me feel this way, so stop it, and, and then don't let anybody else ever have it, because, like, I feel this way about it. Yeah, now people are equating words to actual violence because they feel so strongly that they've been so offended. Yeah. <laughs> but, but the gospel speaks to that and says, like, you know, we're all the, the culprits. We're not all just victims. We're, we all bring sin to the table, and we don't necessarily have the luxury of saying, I'm the only offended party, and, you know, you have to give me reparations. Right. I think that's where seeking first to understand and then be understood, right? So if I actually engage in a, a meaningful conversation and you're pouring out your heart to me, I have to completely disengage my feelings and anything that I may want to interject because I'll I'll add my autobiography back into your life. But if I just listen to you completely, wholeheartedly, then I can hear what you're saying. Like you said sympathy? Is that mm-hmm. sympathy? Right? Yes. Yeah, or fr- empathy. From the way that I've learned to define it. <laughs> yeah. Sympathy is like one leg in the pit. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm here for you. Yeah. But let me help you, you know, not stay there forever as the victim or as the person yeah. who wants vengeance or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And that's when, when I completely engage in the conversation through listening and I'm listening to what you're saying, then I can either ask you if you need my advice or if you just need somebody to talk to. Or someone just to listen, right? Exactly. Yeah. Because that's sometimes what we need, right? But a lot of times our feelings aren't validated, they're invalidated through others' actions or words, whatever that looks like. So by seeking first to understand 
um, I can really engage with you in a conversation without even saying anything. Right. So you, you mentioned there that validation, which has always been a you know very strong word for me, and I, I think I spent so much of my life um, seeking validation from others. You know, wanting to fit in, wanting to be accepted, wanting to you know be validated for my hard work and how great of a salesman I was, or you know whatever that thing was. And the funny thing was, is I. Uh, I never felt validated, right? Mm -hmm. So my feeling was is that I wasn't good enough. That's how I felt. But the reality of that is because I was seeking validation from humans, which will always let me down, validation can only come from God. That's it's right. the only person that can fulfill me. Yes. So when we have those feelings, and maybe someone's listening is trapped in that that rut of, am I good enough? You know, I'm not getting validation from this. You know, even my wife who loves me almost as much as God does, um, can't validate me, and I can't validate her. Only God can do that for us. So so think about that a little bit. Yeah, Jesus gives the fountain of, of living water, and he says you'll never be thirsty because he's the infinite source. But to go to the lesser source of another person, you know, looking for them to affirm us enough or, or communicate, you've, you've done enough or I approve of you enough, it's like that's a finite being that didn't make me and they have their own life to, to do, you know, we need, we need the eternal one who has enough attention span to take care of everybody at once yep. to validate us. And then you look at the cross and that shows the, the value that he placed on us, despite how, how wicked and wretched and selfish and how much we fall short. He, he was willing to lay his life down to pay this huge cost, which shows how valuable, like what he's willing to do to bring us into his family you know, that kind of validation is super epic to me. But then when I just hear somebody say, hey, nice skateboard trick, or like, you know. Yeah. Ecclesiastes cool 4, shirt. 9 through 12, right? It says two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. So for us to be able to lift each other up through listening mm -hmm. in these conversations, when I'm telling you, because again, going back to the feeling thing, when I, it's hard enough for me to talk about my feelings. So when I do, and you just go, oh, that's really cool. Hey, bro, do you want to go over to this other place and just completely disregard what I just said? Now that just validates my unworthiness that my feelings don't matter and I don't want to talk to you. But this is saying that woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But if one, um, but how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. So this is what we're doing, right? There's three cats in here talking about feelings talking about things that men don't want to talk about and we're lifting each other up we're we're validating those men out there that are listening that don't feel worthy to talk about their feelings or they're afraid to talk about their feelings so i think that i think that the key like when i when i hear that verse or i read that verse um i think about when we say lift each other up that the two can lift each other up i still think that validation can only come from god 
Yes. But what we can do for each other is be the iron that sharpens the iron and encourage each other and say, you know what, Rob, like it's okay for you to share your own thing. What you're going through is understandable. And I, and I am with you and I know that that hurts and I feel for you. And, and, but we can get out of this together, right? You talked about sympathy and having one foot in the trench with the other person and we're reaching the arm out to help them out. But we can walk together you know, two people better than us, but that one person that's solo that's walking down that trench and he's having all this stuff, and who, who does he turn to? Who, who does he have to help him? And if, if, if two of us are together and then we bring God in as the third, now we're not broke, able to be broken right. at all, mm-hmm. right? But think about the courage it takes to do that and then also the vulnerability Men this don't the want. Hard part. There that's, you go. That's the vulnerability. Is what none, no man wants to be a part of. Right? right, because that's a weakness. Right. Oh, in this world, it's a weakness to be vulnerable. That exposes a weakness that, in the world, we're just supposed to pull up our bootstraps. But Paul says, "I boast about my weakness because in those insults, in those persecutions, in those things, I'm made strong because who? Because of God. And so that's what you're talking about. Yes, sir." And that's how we lift each other up is I can lift you up out of that pit by an encouraging ear or by a scripture reading and, and helping another brother say, hey, man, it's it's okay. Let's look at, at what this is. Yeah. A, lo- a lot of uh, what, what you said there brings up some super key words I think about in this topic for like, what is manhood and how do we live yeah. this out? And it's like insecurity. There you go. The vulnerability, the fear of rejection. Yep. There's There's these layers of like, I've been shown by culture or by a father figure of some type that I need to I need to be tough enough so that I'm not a victim or so that I don't fail or so I don't lose my job or get cut from the team. Mm-hmm. And so you have these these dynamics in your life where you're like you need to be the employee who clocks in and focuses and does the thing or succeeds at the business or you need to be the soldier who doesn't get emotionally uh, frozen up in battle. You've got to like laser focus and do this job because people depend on you and life is on the line. Right. You, you've got to like do all this stuff and stay um, impenetrable as a, as a warrior, as a machine to, to make it in, in life. But then you have these other layers of life, like parenting and marriage where you take two sinners and you, you marry them together. And it's like the woman is almost like 80% feelings and the, the, on, on average, most women are more yeah, feelings right. based. Right. And guys are always like, I just want to fix the problem just like I do at work. Yeah. You know, I just want to solve the, yeah. solve the riddle. Like I do on my skateboard. How do I flip it this right way or whatever? And so you have these different dynamics. And unfortunately, as men are raising up other men, if they have this, this deficiency of a balance of how do you balance your sensitivities? How do you balance being vulnerable when it matters, but not being vulnerable if that would be a risk, risk to your safety? You know, you, you've got to figure all that out. But oftentimes a man only shows his son like, son, suck it up, rub some dirt on it. Don't cry. Yeah. It's like, but then, but then that kid doesn't get the validation of son. I believe in you. You can do it. I love you. You can handle this now. Suck it up. Let's move on together. And if you need help, I'm here to help you. You know, like, we, we, we often get these examples of men that are just like, just bootstrap it, man. Yeah. And some guys are like, that's not enough information for me. Like, I don't know how to, how to deal with that. Cause I have all these feelings and they're really loud. How do I, how do I do that? And that's why you have people that will often like sequester themselves away from culture and society because they don't want to be told that they're failing or they're too emotional or they're right. too weak. So they, they like leave that and go into imaginary land and they just obsess over 
fantasy movies, books, video games. There's so much that you see in culture now where people are not able to have relationships because they've been hurt, one, so they don't want to be vulnerable and get hurt again. They feel inadequate or not affirmed or validated. It's like, I don't want to just keep getting rejected everywhere I go. So people like go into fantasy land and they pretend like I'm the hero. When I watch this movie or when I play this game or whatever, like we go into... That's interesting to bring that up. So last week's podcast with uh, Matt Klein, and he talked about, I uh, felt like God spoke to him, and God said, do you trust that I can bring you into a relationship, into a life that you, I don't remember exactly how you worded it, but that basically saying that you won't need fantasy. And Matt does a lot with uh, pornography um, recovery yeah, and, and helping people with those addictions. And then he was talking about, you know, basically through masturbation and through pornography and this fantasy world. And God's telling him, do you not trust me enough that I can bring you into into a life that you don't need to have fantasy? Yeah, you don't have to pretend everything to to be happy. Like you can actually live in real life with real people. But that's bringing my insecurities into into play. I have to be able to expose my insecurities so that God can say, okay, that's the playground with which I can play. Which goes back when to it, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. Right, and I've got to be completely honest. I've got to be honest with myself. So like with what we do in Celebrate Recovery is helping people identify those weaknesses so we can build on their strength. Yep. It's not so that we can continue to say, oh, I suck in this area or I'm horrible in this area. It's, okay, I identify this area, but I have this strength that I can build on. And so... Being able to be completely honest with my insecurities and know through vulnerability, (laughs) if I could say that, that I can bring all that to the table and still be considered a man. Mm -hmm. I can still be considered a man. And actually, I can be a stronger man by doing that because now I'm not hiding behind some form of mask of denial. Right, that mask is going to keep me. That's where masturbation is. That's where pornography is, drug addiction, any kind of an addiction, really a hurt, a habit, or a hangup. If you think about it, that's where they lie. Is is I don't want to be honest with you because I don't even know who you are, and I don't know what you're going to do with it. It doesn't matter as long as I'm honest and I have a connection with God and and I've come clean and and understand. Like I can come on this podcast completely free and talk about the things that I've done and the conversations that I've had because I'm okay with who God is in my life and I'm okay with how God has worked in my life. If, if that totally if that makes any sense. I mean, like Thanksgiving, right? Let's just go there because it's holiday season, man. <laughs> Let's just go there. We're, we're dancing around it. But I think, you know, we had myself, I had an explosive uh, conversation with my, my father-in-law. And when you look back at it, could I have done things better? Possibly. Um, should I have done things better? Absolutely. Was it the, the moment and the emotion and the feeling heated in that, in that time frame? Absolutely. But if I'm right with God and I can come before him and say, okay, God, I really screwed this one up. Can you help me? And then sit back and listen. The, There's power in silence when you sit back and you pray to God and then you ask him and then sit and listen to what he's got to say. He can help heal us in those weaknesses. He can help heal us in those insecurities. 
And that's what he wants to do. He wants to heal us in those areas, but as men, we've been taught not to expose those things. We've been taught not to talk about our feelings. And so when you have an explosion like you did at Thanksgiving, for me, it was, it was, it was painstaking, man. I, I just didn't want to go there. That dude, I don't ever want that guy to come out, right? Because that guy is mean. That guy is dangerous. That guy can do some very um, uh, horrible things. But to see him again was like, oh, there's still more work to do. There's still more that needs to be done in my life. So thank you, God. That's where then that relationship with God comes in, and I can say thank you, God, that you showed me this area of weakness that I need to work on, and then, oh, I can call my buddy Nick, and I can tell him I had this situation happen, Nick, so let's talk about it. Yep. That's that back to Ecclesiastes, right, and that, that cord, and that, the iron sharpens iron and like-minded. Yes. I also what I gather out of that is, uh, you know, it's a process, it's a process, right? Mm. Sanctification, not sanctified. Like just because you gave your heart to the Lord, you you've been been working in it. We're we're still all humans. We all fall short. We all have feelings. We all have insecurities. Which I think um, those insecurities are typically probably what leads to the to the negative feelings that we have within our lives. So if we can address the insecurities, um, Rob brought up masks and the masks that we hide behind and all those different things and. Um, Typically, we hide behind the mask because of the insecurity. I just had something come up. Sorry. Being loved by others. Allowing ourselves to be loved by others. What do you guys think about that? I was just listening to a podcast with a rap artist uh, who was talking about, you know, what if I, what if I uh, commit to one person, monogamous relationship? That's giving them so much power to hurt you. Yes. Because you open up so much of your vulnerabilities to them. Right. A lot of people would prefer to take the easy route of just, I just want to use people along the way for pleasure. And then when it's uncomfortable, we just split. But, you know, the monogamous marriage where you commit a covenant for life till death do us part. And like, you know, you see the worst of each other and you commit, you know, better or worse forever. That's super vulnerable. Which is crazy because that's what God wants. Right. God wants that complete. Like vulnerable yeah. weakness, like I want your stripped down naked version. He already sees it, right? Right. He already knows it. But he needs us to know it. <laughs> yeah. He needs us to know it and then become, how do I love someone so completely and how do I allow myself to be so completely loved that you may possibly hurt me? Mm-hmm. You may possibly hurt me. But that's that that point in a relationship and with yourself that's that relationship with yourself that you have to be so secure and honest with your weaknesses with your weaknesses that hey if you hurt me i know that that may possibly happen but i'm still going to put myself out there to continue to love and be loved yeah so evan evan mentioned it too that he already knows and we talked about that in the, the last uh podcast last week too if you guys listened but um you know, God already knows what, what you're keeping in secret. He already knows what right. you have in the dark. And if he's the one person that really matters, right, the one that loves us more than anyone else ever could, the one person we can always be vulnerable with, the one person we can always be intimate with, the one person that we can tell everything to, why not share that? And if he's the only one that can judge us and, and knows and loves us, then what are we afraid of to share it with somebody else? Because there might be 
a person that gives you a better perspective on it. Yeah. So share those feelings. Let those feelings go, whatever it might be, whatever whatever that is that's in the darkness, the feeling that you have. Find that person in your life that can that can be it. Maybe it's your wife. Maybe it's your friend. Maybe it's your pastor. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You share that with. Yeah, Galatians 6, 2, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So when we when we become vulnerable and we talk about things that are bothering us, then we allow that other person to carry the burden with us, to help us, right? It's like the two oxen that are yoked together. Right. So so how about, um, you know, here in a couple of days, we're going to be running right into Christmas here. We just got through Thanksgiving, and a lot of times we have this, the family dynamic. You know, Rob just had a, an, an incident happen, right, that he's now working through. Um, we all have those family members. We all have that tough situation that we're like, ah, like I know for personally for my Thanksgiving here, you know, we had my wife's family and my family over and I, I was anxious all the way up until it happened. And I was anxious because I was putting an expectation on how the day would go. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it was a beautiful day. <laughs> I had a great, great day. Praise um, God. Yeah. Praise God. Exactly. Um, but that expectation again, because my mind is saying, oh, what if this happens? What if that happens? Well, what if this person doesn't get along with this person? And what if this and what if this? How are we going to go into this Christmas for all these listeners? And, and, and uh, how do we deal with the animosity that's coming up? Are you going to you know, are you gonna have to see your father-in-law again? Uh, that's a bad question to ask right now. No, I, no better time. I'm actually hoping I do, obviously, because forgiveness is the key, right? It, it's all through forgiveness, and that's... That's me lowering my pride. That's me lowering my feelings and and those feelings of being hurt and all of that stuff yep. is to be able to forgive. So, and so forgiveness, with that being said, is the forgiveness is not for the other person. That nope. is for you. Forgiveness sets me free That's right. from the expectation, again, that that other person owes me anything, whether it be an apology or have to give me something back or an act of kindness towards me or anything. I am releasing them from owing me anything and therefore setting myself free exactly. with forgiveness. And that, that comes from knowing that there's a there's a, a bigger event that's impacted our lives than this little this uh, finite argument or this specific moment in time where there's beef going on right. is recognizing like the biggest beef I've ever had is how I offended God, how I sinned against him, sinned against my maker, sinned against my neighbors, sinned against myself. And then, um, you know, this quote comes to mind, as Christians, we should reject all invitations to victimhood because we are never truly innocent and we already have the perfect victim. Jesus is the perfect victim. That's right. So instead of making me the center of the, the story, like the sob story about how I've been wounded and hurt and offended, if I do humble myself, like you said, and lay down my pride and, and walk up and say, hey, I did disagree with you, but I think I, I did it the wrong way or, or let myself get too heated or whatever. You know, recognizing that the, the Christ coming down and letting himself be vulnerably born as a baby, having to walk through all the struggles that we walk through and then be naked in public on the cross being executed when he does not deserve that at all in order to buy us back. You know, that's, that's a, a better perspective that we all need to help us through all this wave of emotions is like, Jesus already suffered the worst ever. So everything we're going through between each other, we can probably overcome that by turning, looking to him, asking for his help. But if we, 
if we just focus on like, I'm feeling all this and it's all about me, you know, that's why I have all these issues in my marriage sometimes with my wife is because I don't choose to, to say, okay, I think I made her feel a certain way. I just focus on, well, that makes me feel mad or that makes me feel frustrated. Yeah. Yeah, that's what will keep us from really enjoying what Christ has done for us on the cross is we'll, we'll focus more on ourselves and our own feelings and those things that we're going through and, oh, I got to see that person again or I got to do this or I got to do that. You know what? If you just focus on the cross and what Jesus did, all this is like meaningless. Yeah, it's not about me, right? It's, it's not, not about me. Right? It's about him. If you put God first in your life and all things... Everything that you do every single day should be for him first. And that's why, you know, like what you were saying with moving into this Christmas season is having that support group, having a couple of three good guys that you can call and, and just bounce this, bounce this stuff off of and say, hey, man, is, is what I'm acting like and, and what I'm feeling, is that it, give me some insight on that. Let me know, mm-hmm. am, am I wrong in thinking mm-hmm. this way? Not necessarily, but you could maybe try this instead. Yeah. You know, having that good support group. Totally. Absolutely. Evan, will you uh, send me that quote? I'd like to post that on the on our social media sure. so the listeners can, can see that. Um, yeah, I mean, so so as we move into these things and we think about the things that hurt us, um, you know, and, and the holidays and, and the way we have feelings and the expectations we put on those things, you know, you mentioned the the me 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 with our wives and those kind of things, and uh, you know, what does it look like for all the listeners to to maybe challenge ourselves as we come into Christmas, as we head into the New Year's? Right, everybody talks about the New Year's resolution. Mm-hmm. What is it? Uh, what does it look like to be selfless? What does it look like to to step back and and truly practice not making it about yourself, but having a a, a servant. A servant heart, right? Like yeah. uh, the the Bible, you guys probably know where this is, but I'm the worst Bible quoter. Um, the greatest among us will be the the least. Yeah, right. I mean, that's the picture of Jesus, the King and Lord of all, the Maker of the universe, the King of Kings, going down before the meal and washing cow poop off of these stinky fishermen's feet. You know, like he yeah. he serves them as a gesture of what it looks like to be the servant. And and he's you know that's our King of King Lord of Lords the one that died for all of our sins and I'd like uh, we often talk about the victim stance and that I'd love that quote the fact that you know it's so easy for us to fall into the victim but you know who are we to, to you know what I mean like yeah that's that, uh, that's perspective well right? don't be selfish don't yeah. try to impress others be humble think thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. And when we're too much in that victim stance and yes. and uh, too much in what what is in it for me and me, 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 that's when we're opening ourselves up to really have those feelings of being hurt, right? And I'm not saying that we shouldn't ever have feelings, but when... I think we have a choice, right? So maybe there's a person in your life. Maybe you come into the holidays. Maybe it's a mother-in-law um, or something, and, and you, you're putting this expectation of how it's always gone, right? Um, and what um, what will happen, what will hurt you? But at some point, do we not actually allow ourselves to be offended? 
and therefore allow ourselves to be hurt and therefore allow ourselves to have feelings about that. Um, one good point with that is typically a lot of our feelings come from another person, right? They're, somebody wrongs us. Somebody does something wrong to us. Reaction from that. Yeah, it's a reaction that creates a feeling within us. Um, and often, even in our faith, right, we're ridiculed, we're mocked, we're, we're all these different things. Um, and I think, uh, in fact, Antoine Burton told me this one day, and um, it was a really cool way to look at it, was, uh, you know, I got to know that as I walk through life as a follower of Jesus, that I'm going to be ridiculed, I'm going to be mocked, and I'm going to be, you know, put down and, and all these different things. You know, and I should just expect that because if they did that to Jesus, why wouldn't they do it to me? Exactly. Yeah. We we sell people short if we tell them come to Jesus and He fixes everything and makes your life better and comfortable and perfect. It's like He solves your biggest problem that you deserve the the justice and wrath of God against your rebellion and lawlessness. But the you know, it, it's it's very different. He doesn't just make life cushy for us. Eternity forever will be there. There's no more tears, no more crying, and we're with him in person forever. But here, we're we're at war with a world that hates God and uh, at war with sin and that wants to destroy us. Satan wants to steal, kill, and destroy. So, you know, for anybody who has ever been told, like, Jesus just makes it all better, it's like, he solves your biggest problem, and he will be with you in the fight and walk alongside you and empower you to do what's right and give you his Holy Spirit, yeah. bring you back to your father, your maker. But it's still battle time until we die, until we go home. So, like, that's yep. that's a, a totally different perspective that we can serve people well to warn them, like, you join Jesus, you're you're joining the battle, and he's the he's the general, but he does care for you. He's there for you. And I think what we're talking about is having – that's really good because it's like a proactive approach. You guys talked about reaction, and it's shifting that paradigm, shifting those perspectives of the see, do, get. What I see is what I do and what I get. But what I have to remember is that there's, there's a stimulus and there's a response. And in between there, there's a choice. Yeah. So when there's a stimulus, like there was a stimulus over Thanksgiving, <laughs> And then there was a response, and that in between there, there was a choice that I had at one moment to say, do I want to engage in this or do I not want to engage in this? And, and um, so taking those, those perspectives into this holiday season and understanding that there may be some irritation, there may, there may, may be some anxiety involved in having family over but again, being able to call some friends and bounce this off of them and say, hey, man, what does this really look like? Because I'm super anxious about what's coming, and I need to be able to process it in a way that when it does come, I don't react the way I used to react because I'm trying to get away from that. And I think when you react in the, in the way that you used to be <laughs> in your old self, that's where the frustration comes in because you're like, ah, I missed it. But God will give us many more chances to get it right, I believe. Yeah. And, and so this is just another way that when I think of other people more than myself, then I can t step out of the situation. I can step out of it and go, you know what? Obviously, this person is really concerned over how I'm, you know, whatever's going on in my life. So I should just hear them out and then 
be sympathetic to what they're saying. Yeah. So do you think, um, obviously we've got a few different uh, answers, you know, how to deal that, that choice, right? Choice from a reaction, but, but something's already happened to us. We already have the feeling, you know, what's our best ways, you know, let's, let's give some practical advice here as we near the end of this episode of, you know, we're talking about feelings and we all have them and too many men stuff them down and then either blow up or turn to a substance or to pornography or any of those things. Anger, that a conquest with business or women or yeah, yeah. whatever that might be. So, so let's discuss some, uh, some healthy ways. Like, you know, we've talked about how we can maybe avoid some of the feelings. Let's talk about. You have those feelings that happened. You maybe didn't react right. And now what's the best way to deal with those things? Yeah, if, if, if what we constantly do is we avoid, we sweep under the rug, we put the mask on, we, you know, if we constantly choose to avoid and dance away from the issue because it's uncomfortable, then it's still there. It still exists. So we actually have to meet it head on and deal with it. And one of the easiest ways to do that is if I feel overwhelmed by what this thing is, instead of me trying to solve it myself, stopping to pray sounds so Christian, right? But it's actually really practical. It's God can handle everything. He's sovereign. So if I, if I stop, admit how it makes me feel, God, I feel really mad that that person made that comment. I feel really frustrated that I told my kid to be careful and then they spilled something anyways, <laughs> like on the nice carpet or whatever it is. See, there's all kinds of stresses probably played out in that, in that, um, Christmas vacation movie. You know, you just see all, all kinds of people from all kinds of different characters that are representing our families in some way that, you know, we're stressing about impressing the neighbors with the Christmas lights or that weird family members coming over or, you know, whatever it is that um, the pressure on dads to provide us magical Christmas by buying stuff for their kids. There's all that stuff. But if we, if we feel one of those pressures, we feel that stimulus and that temptation, how helpful is it to say, God, I feel this and I don't like where I think it's going to go. I'm going to admit that to you. And then I'm going to loosen my grip on fixing it. And, and so the, the rhyme that's super helpful is admit and submit to God. You admit the, the honest, I feel this yes. and I'm going to yes. submit it to yeah, you. I'm not exactly. going to cling tighter and try to fix it myself right. instantly. Yep. No, that's, that's really good. Um, and a lot of guys that I'm around, anger is a go-to. Anger is like the the initial feeling that 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 they'll go to, and then it causes them again. There's the motivation, and there's the distraction. Fear and anger can distract me from making the right choice, which is to admit it and submit it in the moment when it's happening. It's really important again to be able to recognize and feel what you're feeling without any judgment. That's mindfulness, right? Being able to understand it, feel it, and then ask yourself, what does that feeling need? And walk away from wherever that stimulus is. Having the power, and that power comes for us as believers from Christ, right? Asking God in that moment, man, I'm, I'm really about to do something here that I'm, I'm going to not like. Can you help me, God? And um, and again, being able to recognize those things and recognize my weakness so that I can walk away when it's about to happen is for me going to be really, 
uh, really good. Yeah. So in that, recognizing the feelings as they come about, you know, recognizing that uh, chances are that negative feeling you have probably coming from insecurity within yourself. And therefore, even you know, letting go of that insecurity and giving that to God and realizing that it's not about you, um, I think could be helpful. Not taking it personal. Because it doesn't have that's, anything that's to do that with that choice, you. right? That's yeah. that choice that <laughs> happens in between the things is I have a choice to make this about me or not, but remembering that it's not about me. It's not about me. You can make it all about you. You can make it all about somebody else, or you can make it all about the Lord. And am I doing something that's going to hurt somebody else, or am I trying to gain glory for myself that it takes people's eyes off of Christ? Yeah. You know, you you got to have, like you said, that triangle of, of three parties here. You've got me, you've got everybody outside of me, and you've got God. And the temptation is always make it about me or make it about worshiping somebody else for how great they are or hating somebody for how horrible they are. Right. But the reality is it's like I'm either leading people closer to Jesus or farther from Jesus. I know I need to get closer to Jesus. So if we keep our eyes on Jesus, this is going to go a lot yeah. better for all, all the parties. Well, and then even if even if you do, let's just say you do blow up and it just goes haywire. And in the moment, it's just like, well, it's just going to go out of control. Don't judge it. Don't judge it. Like, it happened. It is what it is. Learn from it. Go to God with it. And then, like in my situation, it was immediately go to God and ask him, like, help me identify what in that conversation made me go to the level that I went to so that I can start to work in those areas. Yeah. Right. I can start to work on that area so that I can be better the next time because it's going to happen. It doesn't matter who it's with. That situation's going to happen. And so to be better prepared for that moment, I think learning in those moments is going to really help down the line. Yeah. To that, to that point, um, I just watched this movie with my kids the other day. Uh, it's like a movie about a dog sled team, and there's this one dog who's the macho, tough guy, <laughs> you know, puff your chest, and he gets lost in a blizzard, and he leads everybody off the trail, and they're trying to race the clock to save somebody and get a medicine or something. And the, the dog is like, no, I'm not going to ask for help. I'm not going to stop and try to figure it out. I'm just going to headstrong, keep moving, and keep going. It's like if we were to recognize, like I did, I did blow up and maybe I still believe what I believe that I brought to the table in that argument. I, I still stand for those values, but w the way that I treated the other person as though I was trying to win the argument oh, versus yeah. trying to win that person in a relationship and say, I still believe what I believe. If, if we are on completely opposite ends of the belief spectrum in terms of uh, like our values or our worldview, my goal isn't to just win the argument and beat you and say, ha, now, you should believe what I believe. It's more so, how do I love somebody enough to help them see this perspective and help them get to where I think the truth is? You know, But it takes so much humility to, to stop and say, I was wrong. Hey, when we had that argument, man, I, I lost it. I felt all these feelings, and I love you enough to tell you. It's vulnerable right now to tell you, but I love you, and I'm so sorry for here's how I did it wrong. Even if I still believe what I believe, the way I delivered it to you might have been explosive and hurtful and i don't want that for our relationship you know right that takes a lot of counter-cultural masculinity the guts and the determination to say even if this puts me out in a vulnerable spot i'm going to show up to this relationship and bring what's not even expected of a man because everybody sees men and when they do blow up 
they just move on, you know, and, and then it might not ever get resolved. Right. So imagine like the kind of toughness and strength of a man to come back to that with humility. People see that as weakness, but that's actually strength. No, to there's show a lot up. of strength that it takes to, for somebody to do what, what you just described. To humble themselves, admit they're wrong yes. or apologize. That takes... Humble yourself before the Lord and strength. he will lift you up, right? Yeah. So if I humble myself in that and say, oh man, I, I really screwed that thing up, but I'm sorry... Because that's super uncomfortable, right? Yeah. Saying you're sorry is so uncomfortable. <laughs> but if you don't mess up, you don't have to say sorry. <laughs> but that, yeah, that but, goes into but, fear, right? Like yeah. if I fear the Lord, yeah. that's the beginning of wisdom. So if I fear him the most, then I don't have to be ruled go. by my fear of the rejection of somebody else. And none of that even matters. And that's what, I mean, that's why I say feelings are such a distraction because they get you caught up in stuff that doesn't even really matter in the grand scheme of things. When you really get down to the nuts and bolts of it, that doesn't even matter. God just wants us to be in a relationship with each other. That's why he He created us was for relationship. Yeah. No, we create a relationship with him more important yeah. than that. He yes. loves us more than he could. He, he, he made us to glorify him to, I mean, to worship him to all, all these things, right? Like that's what he made us for. And we get construed with that. We make it about us. We get these feelings. We're creating these feelings. And I'm not saying that we're not going to have feelings because we're just gonna, but as you have that feeling, that feeling comes from a thought. What does it look like to take that thought captive and go, yeah, wait a minute. Like, is this really worth me feeling like this? There you over? Go. Is it really worth this? How else could I react to this? And then let go and let God give it to him and let him work in your life, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Finding, finding that balance of like, I'm, I'm told to be this machine or this warrior with no feelings, but I still have the feelings. So it's not about just ignoring all the feelings and not experiencing them. It's about finding that balance of when are, when are the feelings helpful? When does that feeling of care and concern for my family motivate me to get out of bed and go to work yep. versus... I feel really mad at the guy who cut me off in traffic, but if I start a fight with him and my family's in the car, I'm now putting them at risk. So it's like I've got to find a balance between using the feelings to my advantage to love and serve others and serve God and enjoy this world in a healthy way, but I've got to be on guard against letting my feelings be in the driver's seat so much right. they veer me into a crash or a fight or something like that. That's it. Yeah, take them captive. What What is this feeling really saying? Yeah. Is it is it good? Is it God honoring, or is it from the enemy? Mm -hmm. And really asking it, what it, what does it need? What, what it inevitably does this feeling need? Yeah. And do the people around me do they do they need me to feel more or less about something? Mm -hmm. Like, does my three year old need me to get angry at them, or do they need me to be gentle and discipline and take those feelings and thoughts captive to serve that? that little one or does my wife need me to be more emotional about her decorations that I don't necessarily recognize the <laughs> supreme value in, but she just spent her whole day like exactly putting her energy into making something beautiful, which is a reflection of God making the world beautiful. Do I need to be more emotional and vulnerable to serve and meet her where she's at? And then if she's being extra emotional to the point of it's really sinful and dramatic and whatever, then helping her see in the gospel, let's, take that down a notch like you it go it fluctuates and so i i think maybe i i'm saying all this to say maybe the temptation in this topic would be to say 
feelings are always bad. That more so they're tools in the toolbox. And if you know how to use them, you can build this life that's really wonderful and enjoy what God made. But if you just always bang on everything with a hammer, you don't fix everything. Right. It does work once in a while though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've done it. Sledgehammer? Yeah, get a bigger hammer there. <laughs> right? It's a small hammer. Just keep didn't hitting work harder. With a bigger hammer. It's gonna break sooner or later. <laughs> All right, guys, we're uh, kind of into the to nearing the end of our time here. If I could talk, um, and it's that you know, there's always that one thing that I ask at the end of every episode. So one thing about feelings that you want the listeners to take home, Evan, go. One thing about feelings, you're gonna feel them. Admit how you feel. That takes that mindfulness. To, to like pause a little bit and say, wow, that really made me angry or scared. And then admit that and submit it to God and then keep trying to walk forward despite the feelings. So in skateboarding, I'm teaching people to face their fear and trust me on the technique I teach them when they've got to go down this fast, scary ramp. Sometimes you've got to ignore the feeling of being afraid or you've got to want with your feelings. You've got to want to make the goal bad enough to fight through the feelings of being afraid. Yep. Rob, one thing. I'm, most importantly is to recognize, recognize whatever the feeling is and being able to bring it to God and ask him, what should I do with this feeling? Because if with the distraction, it can take you down a rabbit hole that you don't want to go down. But if you use it as a motivation, it can use you to be a better person. And so I think the main thing for me would be to recognize whatever that feeling is where did it come from and why is it here? Yep, that's good. And I will leave you with the fact that you are allowed to have your feelings. Yes. They are yours and you own them. What you choose to do with them, that's where the choice comes in. You could allow your feelings to completely disrupt and disrail and destroy your life. That's what the enemy wants. Or you can take those, those feelings captive. You can learn to live with them. You can learn to share them and get over them so that you can have a Christ filled life. And with that, we hope that this episode uh, is going to make a difference in somebody's life today. We're a little bit off, uh, off our normal beat here. And I thank Evan and Rob for joining me today. We thank all the listeners for uh, listening. Obviously fastlifeministries.com If you'd like to give to support this ministry and keep the podcast going um, as well as all of our social media channels and all that fun stuff, um, please share this episode, subscribe to our channels, and please give us a rating. Um, it's uh, super impactful and important if you go in and rate these episodes and rate this podcast on Apple and Spotify, um, as well as YouTube. Go give us a thumbs up. Guys, we appreciate you being here. And for all the listeners, God bless and have an amazing Christmas. Thank you for listening to Faith in the Fast Life, brought to you by Fast Life Ministries. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a minute to rate, like, and follow our podcast page so you can be the first to see new episodes every Wednesday. If there's someone who came to mind during the podcast, please send this to them. People like you sharing the show really helps us to get God's message out to a wider audience. Visit fastlifeministries.com to give to our podcast and keep us running. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day.